0: Have you thought about what it would mean for Ohio State to add a third running back in their 2024 recruiting class? A week ago during our recruiting update, I thought it wouldn't happen. But upon further review, my thought has changed. You are Locked on Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to the episode of Locked on. On Buckeyes for the Locked On podcast network, I'm your host Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens podcast. It is Wednesday, April 26th in the year 2023, and I want to thank you for making Locked On Buckeyes your first listen or first watch of every single day. During today's episode, John Garcia Jr. is back with us once again. John is Locked on. Football Recruiting insider John and I go over why Ohio State will add a third running back in their 2024 recruiting class. We highlight four-star running back Taylor Tatum from the state of Texas and also a running back Jordan Lyle who put Ohio State in his final five. John and I also go over why Bryce West is a top priority at corner for the Buckeyes in his recruiting class. John also lets us know who he thinks will select C.J. Stroud in the first round of the NFL draft, which begins tomorrow. There's a lot of good stuff from John, but during today's show, you don't want to miss it. And after we had John Garcia Jr. on the show last week, I thought we would not talk about a running back recruit for quite a long time however that changed as not one but two recruits put ohio state in their final grouping here to talk about all the good stuff going on on the recruiting show with the ohio state buckeyes is our guy john garcia jr john is locked on football recruiting insider john welcome back to the show good to be back on with you jay not, never dull when we're talking bucks never dull at all and i want to set this up a little bit different than normal because like I mentioned last week, we talked a little bit about the recruiting, um, how Sam Williams Dixon, recent commit, views James Peoples, another running back commitment. So Ohio State currently has two running backs committed in their 2024 recruiting class. And I was very clear last week that I thought the Buckeyes were done going after running backs. And then there's this really talented young man. He's really fast as well. Taylor Tatum, running back from Longview, Texas, Longview High School, who put Ohio State in his uh top seven and that piqued my interest because of the conversation last week but i also saw a recruiting database has this young man as the number two ranked running back in the entire country the sixth best recruit in the hotbed state of texas john i opened up a little bit different because i don't know if you thought you and i would talk about a running back this quickly after last week's show
1: I didn't. I I thought two was the goal. We saw Ohio State pivot so quickly after Marshall left the state for Michigan and and grabbing peoples and then keeping Williams Dixon within state lines. You felt like, hey, grab the local kid, a perfect way to put a bow on the position. But clearly, Tony Alford not only still has it, which I think nobody questioned, (laughs) but clearly Ohio State wants a third back because you don't kids aren't going to just throw an Ohio state logo on there because it's cool. And five stars go there. Um, When you're a Jordan Lyle or certainly a Taylor Tatum and you're elite, you're not throwing a team's logo on there as a courtesy. These are schools legitimately courting you. And Tatum was just on campus last weekend. Right. You know, usually you get to the spring game and it's like, everyone pauses after that for recruiting. and, And it's about coaches going on the road, not so much about hosting recruits, Tony offered host to Taylor Tatum and it was his first visit to Columbus. Obviously things went well there because I think the next day after he got back to Texas, he puts out the top group that now has Ohio state. And, and by the way, Michigan was kind of the early favorite for Tatum before they took Jordan Marshall. So the, the running back dominoes, we don't talk about running back dominoes, but they're at play here. Uh, and now I think that the schools in Texas probably feel better about Tatum, Texas, Texas, a and M, et cetera. So, fascinating to see this development and then Jordan Lyle does the same thing out of St. Thomas Aquinas home of the Bosa brothers of course uh, and many other uh, former uh, Ohio State Buckeyes so here we go you know clearly the plan here is to take three backs Um, and then I think we've talked about how Ohio State's going to have a very big class from a volume perspective Um, and clearly three running backs is going to be a part of it now Uh, doesn't mean that they're the favorite for uh, either Tatum or Lyle. I think Tatum, you know, that first visit piqued his interest. So now you try to grab an official visit and, and kind of go from there. Uh, Lyle was on campus in March for his first uh, Columbus experience and, and really enjoyed it, as as many Broward County natives do. So you'd like the, to see the Buckeyes be in play for two very different backs, uh, and I think two very patient timelines. I'm not sure either guy is on the brink of a verbal commitment, which is good news because Ohio yeah. State hasn't been pegged. Yeah with these two for very long. But Tatum in particular, fresh off the visit, you like to see how much of an impact Columbus, the culture, Ryan Day, Tony Alford, Brian Hartline, everybody can have on a prospect that that is making a trip, even as an underdog, which is kind of a rare place for OSU to be in for any recruit, but you understand why things can change in a
0: hurry uh, when, when that program does really start to push and prioritize. John, you said something earlier that I do believe – It sparks an interest or um, a conversation you and I had last cycle, last recruiting cycle regarding Larry Johnson. Ohio State, many people are saying Larry Johnson's losing it. Larry Johnson can't get it done. Larry Johnson um, might be on the brink of retirement. Like these are things that I saw on Twitter and I heard people discuss about Larry Johnson because Ohio State missed out on really talented defensive ends. I don't think Larry Johnson has lost it at all. I think, like you said, you win some, you lose some. Tony Alford definitely has not lost it. And if Ohio State has a desire to get three running backs in this recruiting cycle and this recruiting class, I believe, uh, excuse me, Tony Alford, one, he can get it done, but two, he can stop a group, a trio of running backs that are really, really, I mean, think about how many schools out there would love to have James Peoples on their recruiting uh, class, but then you add in James Peoples and possibly Tatum at the same time. Most schools in the country would literally draw if that was a possibility. It's a possibility at Ohio State. I think Buckeye fans, the number three, three running backs might surprise them. But also, John, I think Buckeye fans have a belief in Tony Alford that he can get this job done. I I don't know where he's landing. I have no idea. His top seven, let me go over this quickly. Uh, You mentioned Michigan, um, USC, Ohio State, Texas, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, and Georgia. I mean, you're talking about blue bloods. You're talking about the best programs in the country you expect Ohio State to be in this mix. Two running that commitment's great. I still think there's a good chance Tony Alford locks in three running backs in this recruiting class, and it very could be very well could be Taylor Tatum. I don't know if it's going to happen, but it wouldn't shock me because Tony Alford can still get it done.
1: Yeah, and look, you've you've got an an upper class laden running back group on campus right now, obviously, and and clearly. Alford and day and and the whole coaching staff is expecting guys getting you know getting their last season in at ohio state whether that means it's about the nfl or honestly maybe the portal for some of those other backs that that we're not talking about as much uh, among the ohio state stars so they're they're preparing and and we see running back as a different position now one it's about a committee it's about putting a group together and two it's also one of the positions where we get instant impact. There's a lot of programs that will rely on freshman backs to, to be, if not the bell cow, the complement to the lead back in a rotation without hesitation uh, across the country, Ohio state's done so as well. Look at Dallin Hayden last year, wasn't expected to be that guy, but had to step up and and become that guy much like Henderson as a true freshman the year before. So um that's something that that is really fascinating about the running back position, and I think recruits there also understand that. What We talked uh, to Sam Williams-Dixon when he committed to Ohio State, and like you said, mm-hmm. he was complimenting peoples the whole time. There's already that peripheral of, yeah, I don't have to be the 25-carry-a-game guy. Eddie George, Archie Griff, that, that stuff just doesn't hit. Even Zeke Elliott, that, that right. style is fewer and, and farther in between now. E- even your... Doak Walker award winners aren't carrying the ball 30 times a game. Like they were 10, 15 years ago. So uh, I do think that's an understanding that is, is viewed as a good thing from the Ohio state perspective. And clearly Alford is communicating that to not only the current commitments, but a group of running backs that aren't committed and saying, Hey, there's still room here. We're going to be a a huge committee and we're all going to eat as they say. So I think that's a fascinating and not easy thing to do. We've seen a lot of schools bring in two backs and and try to view them very differently—thunder and lightning, or however you want to put it. Um, but three is 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 a lot more rare. Uh, that's a Georgia-Alabama kind of deal. So to be in that conversation is is frankly where Ohio State belongs, and certainly where Ohio State believes it is.
0: This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious snack, but don't want all of the sugar and calories? Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever. Built, you gotta try this. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, i got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real dark chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And now you don't need to wait to get a box. For years we've been talking about ordering Built bars at built.com. But now you can get them at a local Walmart or Sam's Club while you can still get your specialty flavors still at built.com head to your nearest walmart today walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars you can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream bar double chocolate bar or coconut puff if you're close to sam's club run in and grab a 13 bar box with our hit flavors brownie batter puff and churro puff you can thank me later Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. John, we spend a lot of time talking about why this makes sense for Ohio State to keep going after a running back. But we have a talented young man in Taylor Tatum, Texas, Longview, Texas. Um, I, I can't get over just the thought that Ohio State can keep going down to Texas and take these talented guys away from the Longhorns. I mean. That makes me excited knowing the Buckeyes could keep doing this year after year after year. But you got a young man, he's a multi sport athlete, plays baseball. Um, baseball, he's an outfielder, second baseman, and a relief pitcher. Um, he runs track, ran. I saw his Twitter page, ran 21 7 to 200 meters, buddy. That's moving. Yeah. He also, um, was a second leg on the four by one, the four by two. So, you're thinking like a speed guy, a track guy, a guy that's out there and he can, um, just breakaway speed. He has it on the football field. But he's very sturdy as well. I saw five foot ten, five foot eleven, maybe two hundred to five pounds. So you're carrying that frame. You have the speed. That speed translates to the football field. But John, also, it's hard to bring this bad boy down. So you got the speed, you got the multi-sport athlete, and you got like the body and the frame. He could. He's probably going to add ten to fifteen pounds to a frame that's already pretty sturdy and solid. It makes sense why Ohio State is potentially going to add a third running back, and it could be Taylor Tatum.
1: Yeah, get this, Jay. He is known as a speed guy, as, as you mentioned. And in terms of what he's listed at, you know, on the databases, he's the biggest back that Ohio State is is courting between Williams, Dixon, and and Peoples. They're all similar. They're all between five ten and six one eighty five and two hundred pounds. But Tatum is listed above two hundred pounds right now. Uh, so I think that's really fascinating to consider. And you you throw on the tape, and you get a lot of that high end speed. Uh, doesn't get caught from behind and very productive out of the backfield as a pass catcher, which is a lot of what we said about those other two. So clearly yes, sir. it's not about creating that variance and thunder and lightning or guys who, who are sort of opposites. It's about, Hey, this is the system. We're running a spread. It's wide open. We need guys who are instinctive and can hit that home run and all, all the, the two commits and both Tatum and Lyle have that in their bag as, as uncommitted guys, which is why they're both so coveted uh, among the most in the country at, at the position. So Ohio state is developing, I think a new type of running back to covet and all these guys profile as uh, guys who are fast enough to hit the home run versatile enough to catch the football, but also thick enough to, to take some of some of the extra reps that it does take when, when one of these guys gets hot. Cause when it's a committee, it's great if everyone's getting, you know, seven or eight carries, but typically one guy gets hot, and, and you sort of ride the hot hand. But they have the frame to support that if and when that time does come in a big game
0: uh, against Michigan or Penn State or whoever. And I did see, for those of you that watch high school football during the season, I did see there are some games from Longview High School that are actually on YouTube. So if you want to go back and watch not just the highlights but a full game, search Longview High School football. I just search Taylor Tatum. And some of the games came up, so you can get a full game's worth of him in the backfield, which I think will give you a better grasp about what kind of football player he is. But, John, we talk about production. Talk about how he is on the football field, the speedster, the sturdy frame, the heaviest of the two of the two current commitments. And uh Tatum, he's the heaviest of the three in the recruiting databases. He was productive last year, 227 rushing yards, over 18 – excuse me, 227 carries – Almost 1,900 rushing yards, 1891, 33 rushing touchdowns. That's to me still unheard. Like it still blows my mind that cats can uh, run that many y- had <laughs> that many yards and uh, uh, have that many touchdowns in high school. Like as we see, I've seen Derrick Henry's like high school stats, and that oh, still yeah. blows my mind. <laughs> but this is insane. But I also believe what you said earlier. How if you have two or three guys in a recruiting class the 25, 28, 30 carries a game, you're not doing that in Ohio State. So he could ultimately do this in, in high school one more time, come to a, whatever college, maybe Ohio State, maybe lower his um, carries per game and preserve his body for the National Football League so he can have another heavy workload but still be excited about potentially being a Buckeye, being coached by Tony Alford, having a lesser workload, still being highly productive in the offense and being and being developed as a guy who can be a really good pro.
1: That's something that is a huge change in, in, in feel for the, the up-and-coming running back recruit. A lot of them don't want to be the 30-carry guy. They'll do it if they have to, but they want to preserve because there's still a short shelf life for that position relative to uh, transitioning from college to the NFL. So I think, again, you can sell that as, hey, we've we've done it before and we want to do it with you now. Um, and that's something that will resonate with, uh, with a lot of prospects, especially in a spread offense, right? Because you're you're doing things that are a little bit less conventional. You're not blocking as much. You might leak out as, as a receiver, which, again, all these guys are comfortable with, especially Tatum. I think of the three, he might be the most comfortable with the ball in the air, although all three are comfortable with the ball in the air. Uh, you might be able to do a couple more things because now you're not asked to be that bell cow guy. And, and that also creates an opportunity where you can get these guys on the field together. I know we didn't see it a lot last year with Ohio State because everyone was banged up. The entire running back room yeah, yeah. was banged up. But in theory, you, you get a Mayan Williams next to a, a Trevion Henderson, each flanking a CJ Stroud. And what kind of threat does that present to the defense? You know, Those are elements of, of the spread game that I think helps to, to bring in multiple backs in the same cycle, even though all of them are incredibly productive and blue chips and all of those things. So uh, it's something that Ohio State has already done and I think will continue to do clearly in this cycle and beyond.
0: Who do you think, if you had to put a – so we saw his top seven. If you had to put a three, as far as who, who you think has uh, the upper hand of his recruitment right now, I'm not asking you to rank them, but how would you put maybe a grouping of three of these three schools are kind of the – at the top of the recruitment right now.
1: Yeah, I think he's been to Texas A&M the most, okay. and and like I said, there was a little Michigan buzz for him coming into the year, uh, but then they took Marshall and and are looking at other guys. So I think that's helping the in-state schools, and Texas is trending for a couple other guys. So A&M might be this sneaky school on this list. Stylistically, you like the fit at Ohio State and Oklahoma relative to him being known as a mm-hmm. home run hitting three down back. So I think both of those schools have to feel pretty good uh, about their chances as well. But um, it's kind of similar across the board. Every school on the list either already has one or more running back commitments or they're trending for some other you know, running back commitment. So I, I do think there's a long way to go in this battle, and official visits are going to be – Sort of that next layer to dissect relative to to Taylor Tatum, who again had some Michigan buzz. We know uh, uh, Oklahoma's going to get an official. I think USC is going to get an official visit okay. as well. So the Trojans can be sneaky in this race uh, in the long the longer it goes there as well. But Ohio State has been sort of working from from the back of the pack just logistically because they hadn't received a visit, but now yeah. that box is checked and they could start making up ground on on some of these other schools. <laughs>
0: John, we have had a question that's come up at the end of numerous shows: Who could be the next player or play yours to commit to Ohio State? And you, we all—Bryce West has come up, Aaron Scott's come up, Aaron Nolan came up, um, Sam William Dixons came up. So you've had we've had a lot of guys, some in-state guys, Aaron Nolan down south, but we've had a lot of this question come up numerous times, and I believe there were I want to say twice Bryce West. Aaron Scott came up as possible, guys, who could be the next players to commit to Ohio State. Bryce West, an in-state kid from Cleveland out of Glenville High School. And I have seen a push lately of more players from this high school being recruited in-state by Ohio State, but also outside of that as well. Um, I think you and I are about the same age. I don't know your age. I'm 34. And so when I was growing up, Glenville was like – I was an Ohio State fan as well. Glenville was a school. Like, there was like a hotbed, up, and they produced and developed numerous elite players that played college football at an elite level. So I, would, I hope that comes again. But also, Cleveland, it makes sense. But you keep harping on this young man and his talent. Why, why is he always on your mind? And why do you think he might commit to Ohio state soon?
1: Because he's the best defensive player in Ohio might be the best recruit in Ohio. No disrespect to, to anybody out there, but this is a, a game changing recruit at a premium position. We talk about pass rushers and, and quarterbacks, obviously, but look, if you can play corner and you can flip your hips and run and play the football, you're going to have a chance to make a, a lot of money one day. And Bryce West, just profiles as one of these types of guys, Jay, six foot, 180 pounds, 10, 700 meter dash making plays at Cleveland Glenville, as you mentioned, playing for Ted Ginn senior uh, and just ultra productive and all American type defensive back who might be the best football recruit in the state of Ohio. I know you, you can't win all the battles in the state, yeah, but yeah. if you've got a position of need like corner is, and he's in your state at that program, poof, that profiles pretty well. If you can grab them and it will profile pretty negatively if you don't go grab them. So I just think Bryce West, especially now that you've got QB one figured out with Aaron Olin after the Dylan Rayola situation, you got your, your offensive skill players are are in great shape. You got to grab some defenders and you'll probably go D line first, but cornerback has to be one of the next orders of business thereafter. And Bryce West, not only is, is maybe the best cornerback in, in Ohio, he may be the best in the entire Midwest and, and is one of the best in America. So when you've got that guy in your backyard, he he becomes a bigger priority, even though he's already a Glenville guy, he's already at that premium cornerback position and he's upping his stock that 10, seven, he just ran it in April, right? So he is proving uh, that he does have the wheels to compete against the Jeremiah Smiths and Milan grams that he might face one day in practice and, and him getting back to Columbus, for the spring game I think was really big I, I think there was a little bit of will he be the next big recruit to leave the state kind of vibes, just a little bit just hints rumors just a touch of that you know Oregon uh, Michigan a lot of schools were, were feeling starting to feel decent about their chances to pull him out of Ohio but since he finished his spring back in Columbus back at the shoe there's kind of a reaffirmation that yeah it's gonna be tough to pull him out of state Ohio State is going to be that team to beat. Uh, and and the other commitments are certainly uh, pushing for that. I think he's probably the guy that the the commitment group chat is pushing for the most. Hey, Bryce, let's get you in this thing, commit to Ohio State, get it done. Uh, and there's not a whole lot planned for Bryce. We haven't heard a lot about official visits. We haven't heard a lot about a, a, a window for a decision to have been made, which is typically – Really good news for the team that is the perceived favorite and Ohio State has been that it's it's if he has set an official that's the only one he set. I mean there's a lot of signs and tea leaves pointing to Ohio State in this recruitment, not to mention how important um, that is perceptionally we we talked about it before Um, position of need the school, maybe one of these schools that you bring up in the state of Ohio that you got to win from a recruiting standpoint. um, He profiles as a very important recruit in this class, and you just get the sense Ohio State's not going to let that slip between their grasp.
0: Speaking of not letting it slip within their grasp, I went back, John, and saw some things um, numbers-wise. Well, one, wasn't a number. Well, it was a very low number, actually, of what Bryce West did during this most recent football season – but also kind of how Ohio State's viewing him. Um, this young man didn't allow a touchdown last year as a junior. He had four interceptions. Team went 15-0 when they won state. Very good overall team accomplishment, not just winning state, but going undefeated, but also the four interceptions, but not allowing the touchdown. Like, INT, I think, John, sometimes get um, inflated, um, kind of get looked at in a different way. If I'm, making, if I'm breaking the pass up, if I'm messing you up your route, or if I'm not allowing a touchdown, I'm doing something right. And so the four interceptions is great, but I want to put I would put more emphasis on him not allowing a touchdown as a junior. But Ohio State, how are they viewing him, John? I, I read that he's a top in-state, not just top recruit overall, but he's a top in-state recruit. He's a top priority at corner. And so the emphasis is there and talk about maybe he'll get outside of the of the border and maybe he'll go elsewhere. And they kind of had to fine-tune that thing. It makes sense. If he's your top player at a position and he's inside the state, he's your top recruit in state. You gotta make it happen. And I'm starting to believe, John, it will happen probably sooner. Like you be you keep saying it's probably gonna happen soon. I'm starting to believe that as well. I think it can literally happen, uh, Next week or so? Like, I, cause I keep, I follow Devontae or Deontay, one of the Armstrong twins, and they keep getting me excited about, oh, is somebody else is gonna recruit, commit <laughs> yeah. or um the group chat you talk about? Come on, make this happen. I think it's gonna happen soon. And I think once that happens, you could get Aaron Scott to commit. You can get another defensive player to commit. And so this, this, uh this steam that the Buckeyes have picked up on the recruiting trail, it could keep on moving, keep on going swiftly. And they could be riding hot into the month of June, which would be full of official visits. So I think it'll happen soon because Ohio state has put a priority, not just in state, but also as him being the top priority at the position that Bryce West plays.
1: hundred percent agree with you. I think this is Ohio state's race to lose. And, and you know, there's a need, there's a need for volume and, and star power in the secondary. So West can get you going in both of those directions. And look, Aaron Scott you know is is being pitched as as a potential complement to West Reggie Powers is a hard hitting box safety that is also an Ohio native all three of them so you could theoretically kick start the defensive class with three yeah. Ohio DBs i mean that's that's as Ohio state as it gets uh, from from where i sit so yeah I, I think this this chase for the number 1 class and look it is the number 1 class on uh, a couple outlets right now this chase becomes a lot more real when you bring in four- and five-star defensive backs to start to complement the great offensive skill talent that you've already uh, put out uh, from a commitment perspective. So, yeah, there's there's a lot to track with Ohio State recruiting, but that arrow um, is pointed up and in terms of momentum, in terms of commitments. This run isn't quite over just yet.
0: John, I got two more questions for you. I know sometimes I say two more, it turns into three or four, <laughs> literally just two because we're almost up out of time. Who do, you think, who do you think will be the next players to commit to Ohio State?
1: I'm still going to stick with the Ohio trio of the secondary players. Got to be one of those three, barring a surprise, in my opinion. I think some of the other priorities that we know about are just further away from making a decision, whether it's uh, number one pass rusher Dylan Stewart, uh, a guy like Josiah Trader from down in South Florida. All Mm -hmm. these guys are thinking November, December, maybe August at the earliest. Uh, I think the Ohio guys are a little bit closer to ending the process. So uh, again, give me the combination of West, Aaron Scott, uh, maybe a Reggie Powers uh, in that group when, when Ohio state is is ready to push for them. But again, either way, the momentum's clearly not, not quite done. Uh, and, and as you said, the commitments are teasing it at this point. Yeah. So there's clearly a plan to stagger out some of, of these verbal commitments and, and Ohio state's done a great job of that in, in March and April. So No reason to expect that to stop uh, as as we get to the end of the month.
0: Last thing for you, John, the draft is tomorrow. This is uh, a Wednesday here on Locked on Buff, guys. The NFL draft, the first round is tomorrow. Only one player. You could pick any of the 32 NFL, well, 31, because one NFL team does not have a first round pick. (laughs) Who do you think drafts C.J. Stroud tomorrow in the first round of the 2023 NFL draft? I'm starting. The more
1: I think about it, um, I've seen, there's so much polarization with CJ right now. It feels like smoke screen city to me. Uh, so I don't think he lasts very long. I think he's the smoke screen. Hey, let's let's peg him down so we could grab him at picks two, three, or four. So I, I'll just go chalk with it. I think Bryce Young probably goes number one to Carolina, and, and right there, Houston. Okay. I, I don't know that. They need a guy like that. Uh, playing indoors, all of that sounds sounds really nice in, in what they want to do uh, under new management there. So I don't think he lasts very long uh, in, in, into that top five, and certainly he should be taken. I can't believe I have to say it. He should be taken before an Anthony Richardson or, or a Will
0: Levis at a minimum. John, it's fun have you on the show. Can't wait to do this once again next week. There's a good chance Bryce West will be committed between now and the time you and I get together uh, about a week from now. So uh, if you're trying to think about what we might talk about next time, it's probably a commitment. It could be from Bryce West or Aaron Scott. John, if you could let everyone know, but they could follow you on Twitter. If they want to keep up with any of the recruiting things going on, or maybe NFL draft, you'll be tweeting as well. Maybe they want to know what Sean is saying about the draft, live, instantly reacting to what's going on. John, where can the – where can the people follow you? Yeah, real simple. Just my name, John Garcia underscore Jr. Uh, across all social media. And guys, you can follow me on Twitter at jsteven07. Like I mentioned, the draft is tomorrow. The next time we, John and I, we have John on the show. There might be a young man a linebacker named Sammy Brown that might find his way into the show. I, I keep trying to do this with John. I keep telling him about it, but then there's more other news that comes up. I want to hear what John has to say about Sammy Brown and possibly him teaming up with Peyton Pierce at Ohio State. Sammy Brown has not committed as of yet. He could be, and if you get Pierce and Brown together at linebacker, it could be nasty for the opposing offenses. John, that's a look into next week. The draft is tomorrow. The, the, we had a great show today. Thanks for coming on the show. lots on guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me.